I believe a cabal of secret societies has controlled the world for over 200 years. And we get to be alive at the time to see it fall. I believe that Satan incited the Jews to scream, no crucify him, crucify him. And it totally backfired when Jesus said, forgive them, as they do not know what they do. I don't hear anything either, I believe either, that God. the deep state or shadow government is trying to destroy America. And oh, soon, okay. Thanks, those involved Rick. are going to be completely exposed as America unites to destroy the deep state. I believe that we have an omniscient, omnipresent, and omnipotent God that has put his hand on this moment in time Hi. to deny the timeline of the enemy and is about to heal our land. I believe that the worldwide news media simply repeats 4 a.m. talking points produced by this criminal cabal and that it will soon be exposed for the entire world to see. I believe that all the world religions tell you that to get to heaven you have to earn your way to heaven with your works. But only Christianity teaches that it's by faith alone. And for me to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% me. And for you to get to heaven, it's 100% Jesus and 0% you. I believe that George Soros is funding violent socialist groups to destroy America. And it will totally backfire. As America wakes up, unites, and takes their country back. I believe that Satan wants you to live in fear. So he can feed off your fear. But the God has raised up an army of God. His remnant, his red-pilled Christian patriots that will help defeat Satan and the New World Order because of our faith. I believe that the Patriots have legally established over 150,000 sealed indictments that will soon be unsealed. And we finally will see justice established with military tribunals. I believe that Jesus' death on the cross was a complete victory over Satan. And that his victory allows all of your past, present, and future sins to be forgiven so that you can live the abundant life. And I believe in the power of one person working as a team with other Christian patriots and have massive impact in reversing this ungodly culture. And I believe that Obama and Hillary were exercising a 16-year plan to destroy America. And the Lord God Almighty saved us by allowing Hillary to be defeated by an anointed Donald J. Trump. And I believe that when I'm preparing to teach something, I end up forcing myself to learn it more deeply and I get blessed from what I learn. Therefore, I'm blessed to teach. And I believe that God has called me to empower Christian patriots with truth. And that's why I invite you to join us at blessedtoteach.com. That's blessed with the number two, teach.com. God bless you, and I hope you'll join me and all the Blessed to Teach Patriots. And let's see what God is doing today. All right, here we are. 
on, what day is it? Friday, April 21st, 2023. We're gonna be doing Word and Worship tonight. So excited to be uh, worshiping with you guys. This is, uh, we're gonna be talking also about the bread of life. We're still in chapter six, so one of the longest chapters in the entire Bible. And we already went through the last two Fridays where Gus and I went through uh, walking on water, as well as before that, um, the uh, feeding of the 5,000. So those are beautiful ones. If you've missed those, go back and watch those. I think, uh, think you'll really enjoy that. We're getting into the bread of life now, uh, where Jesus really gave a hard teaching that a lot of people had uh, had an issue with. Looks like it sounds good on both uh, Rumble Rants and Facebook. And so that's good news. Um, I tell you what, what we're gonna be talking about today Augustus drove all the way in. I think he's uh, home in Alabama now, so it's exciting to have Gus here. Uh, so, uh, uh, Gus, are you are you there now? <laughs> I am here, and I'm actually about ten hours out. I'm in Abington, Virginia. Uh, that's right. You're so in I between. Drive. You're in between. That's right. Well, oh, thank- I drive the last leg in the morning. All right. Got about five or six hours left. All right. Well, so glad you were safe and here. Um, and uh, I don't know if you if you're ready to roll. Would you mind just lifting us up in prayer? Not at all. Not at all. I'd love to. Mm-hmm. Abba Father, we praise you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for creating a space such as this where we can all come together, all in different places, come together in you, Lord, because where two or more are gathered together, here you are in the midst. We thank you for being here. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord. We pray that you lead and guide this, this whole night, Lord. Everything that Rick and I discuss and bringing forth your word, we're gonna break from bread, Lord, the bread of life, and we're gonna drink it in with your wine, the blood of your your spirit, your life, Lord. We just pray that you're here with us and that many lives are touched by this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for that, Gus. And I wanted to let's show you that we're going to be talking about verse 35 is kind of the poignant part of this where Jesus literally says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. What a beautiful promise. We'll be digging into this whole last part of chapter six tonight. Um, but before we do that, I just wanted to make a couple of quick uh, announcements about uh, making sure that you get backstage if you'd like to come back and we're gonna have a Q&A here in a bit um, and so you'll be able to actually uh, do uh, be on the zoom back here with Gus and I and, and uh, all the other backstagers right so you can do that completely free now so this used to be a great service that people paid 1776 a month for for years and uh, we decided you know what, we're going to make this a ministry opportunity and pay forward. Uh, so because so many people are already paying forward, um, you can come in for free to the Zoom. So just go to blessedteach.com and create your account and the Backstage tab. So blessedteach.com, go to Backstage tab and you'll see a way to create your, your free account. You could be back here in four or five minutes, right? You get a link to the Zoom um, on your email. Um, but with that, we are going to... Uh, start praising and worshiping already uh isn't that going to be awesome to uh, just start getting our hearts right and we're going to do that with uh something you're supposed to do even in bad times or even when you're not if you struggle with faith what you do you just raise a hallelujah is what you do right and so what we're going to do with here is uh i know net and gus are both here but i'll read this first one 
and then we'll have Gus read some of some of these others. But it says Hallelujah, and it, what it, we read when we when we say that it's really a compound word. Hallelujah is means a joyous praise in song, and Yah refers to Yahweh, which is God, right? So it's put together. We joyfully praise God in song. That's what we're saying. So even in the hard times, in Psalm 95, one says, Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. So right from Psalm 95, one, hallelujah. So in the presence of our enemies is another part of the song. And Psalm 23, five says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overfloweth. So your cup can be overfloweth despite your enemies of the cabal trying to destroy our world, etc. <laughs> God's prepared a table right in the front of them for us. Our weapon is a melody. This is something Amen. that, yeah. And this is uh, 2 Chronicles. It says, he pointed those who were to sing to the Lord and praise him in holy attire as they went before the army. And when they began to sing and praise, the Lord set an ambush against them. This is the praise band in front of the army who had come against Judah so that they were routed. They all helped destroy one another. That's what's going to happen. This cabal is going to start destroying each other as they try to save themselves. Heaven comes to fight for me. This is what happens when we raise a hallelujah. Right out of Deuteronomy 3.22, it says, You shall not fear them, for it is the Lord your God who fights for you. Let's raise a hallelujah about that. Do it. a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah louder than the
and Gus, if you wouldn't mind reading this one, it's Graves to Gardens. Or Graves into Gardens. What God does is amazing. You're still muted, Gus. <laughs> well, you can't hear me if I, don't, if I got it muted. <laughs> Let me know if my connection's good. I'm trying to get the Wi-Fi hooked up, but I got it on my hotspot. So hopefully it's good. Yeah, it looks real good uh, right now, Gus. Okay. Okay, the first line here is, Lord, there is nothing better than you. You're the only one who can. That comes from that you may know that there is no one like the Lord our God. That's Exodus 8.10. And I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's Philippians 3.8. Straight out of the Word of God. The second line we want to highlight here is you turn mourning into dancing you give beauty for ashes you have turned for me my mourning into dancing that's psalms 30 verse 11 to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning it's isaiah 61 and 3 verse 3 and the third verse we want to highlight is you turn bones into armies <laughs> so i prophesy and behold a rattling and the bones came together and the breath came into them and they lived and stood on their feet an exceeding great army praise god that's ezekiel 37 7 through 10 and finally the fourth verse we're going to highlight here is you you turn seas into highways moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the lord drove the sea back and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. That's Exodus 14, 21, 22. Wow. Jesus, Moses part in the Red Sea. Grace in the gardens. There's nothing better than you. <laughs> Amen. I searched the world.
them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Oh, I love those two songs. We just sang uh, Raids of Hallelujah and Graves to Gardens. And uh, I'm going to put yeah. this back over to Gus here. And so I like how they poetically put that you turn seas into highways. <laughs> Isn't that wild? <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just love that song. Uh, Graves into Gardens. Uh, so. We have a CCL license where we can stream this now and add our own video to it and add a little bit more different sounds uh, that the videographer does as well as uh, make sure we attach all the scripture there. Just love that. Don't know why Rumble's only showing me one person watching because I see three or four people uh, chatting. <laughs> so uh, Rumble's acting up a little bit. So I know it's working real well on Facebook. For those of you guys who are struggling, I know it's going live on Clout Hub and the neighborhood as well. Um, but let's dig into some scripture. There's a lot to cover here in the, to, to try to finish up chapter 6 if we can. But um, we'll just take a, our best shot at it. So again, chapter 6 is all about, we saw that Jesus feeds the 5,000. We saw Jesus walking on water. Now we're at the bread of life. Would you mind digging into this first couple paragraphs here, Gus? I sure will. I sure will. I don't know if you saw in the comments too, there's a little bit of sound issue backstage. Okay. You oh. might do a little adjustment before we put another one up okay okay here we go i am the bread of life this is uh, john 6 22 on the next day the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea that's where we're starting 22 right yes yes the mm -hmm. crowd that ended on the other side of the sea where'd i go saw <laughs> saw that there... let me let me try this <laughs> saw that they had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with the disciples, but that the disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor the disciples, they themselves got in the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. And then verse 25 there, when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus said to them, and get this, truly, truly, he, he doesn't really answer their question. He answers their question with something to think about. Truly, truly, I say unto you that you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life, which is the son of, which the son of man will give you, will give to you for on him, God, the father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them and said, this is the work of God that you believe in me and believe in him whom he sent. Mm -hmm. So they said to them, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say unto you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God 
is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. I don't know if you want to stop there. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot there. On. I think I think just one last sentence is probably probably uh, his, okay. his answer to that. <laughs> Verse 35, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. All right. But I said, I said, you want to stop right y there? Yeah, I think that might be good. So let's dig into this. All right. So give us some insights here that you got, uh, Gus, and then I'll do the same. <laughs> um, well, one thing that popped in my head, he says, you're, you're working for the food that perishes or whatever, right? And I thought of Esau, who gave up his birthright for a bowl of soup. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> and then, of course, <laughs> Eve in the garden, Eve said she saw the tree was good for food. So they say, don't work for the food that perishes in this life, but the, the food that... that is eternal which is the bread of life which he is right. i'll tell you another thing because uh, god talks to us and everything I, I i got a revelation a few few years ago when jesus was born uh they took the babe from mary wrapped it in swaddling clothes and placed it in a manger now a lot of people make the mistake that the manger is like the building or the barn that they're mm -hmm. in but you look it up a manger is actually a feeding trough for sheep or animals so they took this little loaf of bread hot out of the oven and wrapped it up like you would a loaf of bread and laid it in the manger so there's the bread of life yeah. coming into this world little imagery there yeah very good point but, uh, very good point yeah, what's that? you want to add something to that well yeah i think you just have great insight on verse 26 there truly truly i say to you you are seeking me not because you saw signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves you, you talked about the carnal physical things they were looking for when jesus was trying to get them to recognize him as the messiah right you need to look at right. this from a spiritual perspective how why did i why did i uh, feed 5,000 people and make five loaves and two fish into uh, a huge mountain of food to feed 5,000 plus people and then have 12 basketfuls left over. Was that because he wanted to just feed you guys? Or did he really want to right. spiritually get you guys awakened, right, to what's, what he really is? It's so. like they missed the whole miracle of it. He took, yeah. what, five fish and two loaves, was it? Or yes. two fish, five loaves, whatever, and turned it and fed everybody, had all that left over. And uh, they totally looked over that and said, well, hey, this guy's a good cook, you know, they got something <laughs> to eat. <laughs> yeah. 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 And he said, truly, truly, uh, we got that part. Um, and then, so, and then he really made that, he made that very, very powerful by, by saying that don't work for the food that perishes, but the food that endures to eternal life. So he's getting them to say, hey, you got to start looking at this from a spiritual perspective, which the Son of Man will give to you. So um, obviously he's talking about himself course, when he's talking about the Son of Man. Go ahead. The Son of Man is a reference to the book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. He talked about the Son of Man. And oftentimes I think like, uh, it's uh, it's more like a title than a name, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, like we're all sons of men, mm -hmm. but he's the son of man that came down from heaven. That's our example we all follow. Mm -hmm. And he's the son of man that was referred to in the book of Daniel. Yeah. So he's referring to himself. The son of man will give to you for on him. God has set his seal 
I'd like to look up the Greek for that right now, but I know we don't have time. That's what I do when I see something like yeah. that. But I assume, you know, I think of the scripture where we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and what's and what's pretty cool about that is you you see um, if you see it's something that's sealed. What's I'm just gonna put um, Gus up there. So so if you say for on him, God the Father has set his seal. Um, just like when you seal something with, with, with wax or something like that, it's really part of that is authority. You're given an authorization. So basically, God has given uh, Jesus the authority um, here on earth and is authorizing and showing who he is. Um, but, yeah, but I love that, too, because we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, um, just like uh, Jesus was here, too. Of course, uh, if you look through John and come from the beginning... You really, John, you could, and I know we probably will, look at it again and again and again for our entire lives and always glean more and more out of it. Yeah. But if you remember in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. And then line 14 says, the Word became flesh. So the bread of life, I'm also thinking of reference to the Holy Communion, which kind of replaced or added to the Passover. Remember mm-hmm. the night before he went, he took the bread and broke it. Mm-hmm. I think, well, that's the bread. He's That's symbolic of his body that was broken for us. It's nice. symbolic of his, his word that we come together like this, all of us, and we're breaking his bread, the word of God, and we're all eating it into our souls and drinking yeah. in with his spirit, the blood, the cup, you know, because yeah. the life of the flesh is in the blood. So it's like every time we come together, we're really having communion. Mm-hmm in a sense, in a spiritual sense, you know? Yeah, and because-, and because and I think it'll go ahead. it'll expound a little bit on that further on down, I believe. Yeah, and it, well, the fact that he was was the Passover lamb, just kind of, just like he came to fulfill all the law, I think he fulfilled Passover. Um, but, Amen. But never says to, never says to stop Passover. That's why we, we celebrated the Savior dinner. We, uh, because everything points in there to the Passover lamb, Jesus being the sacrifice yes. for us. And, um, and what what did the people do with the Passover lamb after they prepared it and everything? They ate it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like you ate the bread. Like we eat him. There's, I think it, it's this That's chapter yeah. where he says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. Is that in this chapter? Yeah, it I is. Can't remember it's, at the, it, it's at right? the end of this. So, yeah. yeah. I don't want to put any, I don't want uh, <laughs> to. We'll wait till we get to it. Yeah, we might, we <laughs> might, we might get there. But uh, then, then, then we start to talk about the works, right? Jesus answered, "This is the work of God that you believe in Him, who He has sent." Mm-hmm. Right. So you can you can tell a, a lot of the problems between Christianity um, and all their false religions and the truth of Christianity is this emphasis that that people put on works. So here they are again asking about the works. It's interesting that that happened. Oh, good point. That's a good point, Rick. Mm-hmm. What must we what must must we do to be doing the works of God? Although Jesus says, "Greater works than these will you do, because I go unto the Father." But those works are all based on faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like before Christ, our works. Uh, our works were to show our righteousness more or less or whatever and after christ our works are the evidence that we have faith in him because those who have faith in him do the works that christ did you know we 
Mm-hmm. Cast out demons. We pray for people. We lay hands on the sick. And yeah. So not only they're asking about words, the, he he answers it, puts it back to spiritual when they're kind of back in the natural again. And then then what do they ask him again? What sign will you do? Right. So they're looking for signs that you'll do so so that we may believe you. And uh, what word do you perform? And then they give an example. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness, <laughs> as bitten. Uh, as is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. That was obviously yeah. pointing to Jesus as the bread of heaven, yeah. right? Yeah. Again, you go to Amos 3, 7, is it? That surely God will do nothing unless he reveals it first through his servants, the prophets. So the Old Testament, again, is like prophecy of his coming. The manna was a foreshadowing or an image of this bread coming down from heaven that's sustained because the old testament is more or less works yep. the new testament is his faith when yep. christ came now it's faith in him because he finished those works because we couldn't <laughs> we were incapable obviously yep. but yeah so the manna from heaven he's the true bread the true manna from heaven yeah <clears throat> yeah and then he gives an example of that yeah. uh, making sure hey it wasn't moses who gave you the bread but it was my father, right? Just like, just like the father gave the Israelites manna, now the father's giving his son, right? And that's why he says, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives yeah. life to the world. So this is a big uh, change when they're expecting the Messiah to be this military leader, right? And all of a sudden he keeps bringing him back away from the physical and he's bringing him back yeah. to the spiritual over and over and over yeah. again mm-hmm. yeah yeah he's continually constantly turning to the the spiritual all the time but they're just they're just not getting it but he still keeps giving them seeds he drops those little seeds so that they'll sooner or later they'll catch on they'll get the revelation and all those little seeds are coming together oh, that's what he was talking about there yeah and he pa- got it and he pounds that point right because because again after after he said that they still came back to yeah. sir give us this bread always looking for the physical again right yeah um, and, yeah. The, and um when i and and this is just interesting when you get to i am the bread of life whoever comes to me shall not hunger and he also points to, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. So pointing right. to both both the bread and the wine, right? Yeah. And think, you know, what hits my heart there is uh, whoever believes in me will not thirst. The point, you know, there's more to John three sixteen. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ, uh, he gave his only begotten Son, because whoever believes in him shall be saved, or whatever. It, you got to really believe and. You can fool people, but you can't fool God. Because when you believe in Him, that's when you can feel that in your heart. You feel your heart when it's circumcised. You feel the Holy Spirit come into you, and it makes you hungrier for more, but you never hunger because it's always there. He'll always, as long as you're coming for Him, He's always going to provide. Amen. Yeah, and and what's really interesting is this, I am the bread of life (laughs) is like the first of seven times metaphorically he talks about i am and he gives an example a metaphor toward this he says i am yeah. the bread of life and i've kind of got these here here again in, in this this is in john 8 12 
we're going to get to these later, right? It says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So I am the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. Then he keeps on going on. Here's in John 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Um, yeah. And this is right before the famous uh, famous uh, memory verse I have is the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly out of John 10, 10. Uh, but again, yeah. so so he's the bread of life. He's a he's the light of the world. He's the door of the sheep. And then this continues where he Amen. continues to do this. He says right now, so I am the good shepherd, right? So all these metaphors here, and all about mm-hmm. the shepherd. He says again, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. He continues and he goes, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, yeah. though he die, he shall live. And uh, the, yeah. uh, the sixth one is, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me in John 14, 6. Amen. And then the seventh yeah. one in this gospel is John 15, which is, I am the true vine and the Father is the yeah. vine dresser. So this is the very first yeah. of his powerful I am metaphors. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's no mistaking he's referring to the burning bush when he said tell him i am sent you yeah <laughs> you know, yeah his name i am right. and that's what he's referring to he yeah. is the i yeah. am yeah Great that's time. good rick that's good that you pull all this together yeah it's uh <laughs> yeah that's a good point yeah. if you go if you go to exodus uh um three fourteen, i just want to make sure that that is that we've covered this before but that is a very good point is uh mm-hmm. is is you you see that he's really pointing to the great i am from exodus 3 14 it says god said to moses i am who i am and he said say to the people of israel i am has sent me to you so when when and we'll see this later in john 2 where he he will he will say before abraham i am right to the Jews. one of our favorites yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so so he's clearly people who say that 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 he did not claim to be God that don't does not understand that Exodus three fourteen clearly is God talking to Moses and then yeah. Jesus is claiming I am and there's these seven and I am the bread of life I am the light of the world I am the door of the sheep I am the good shepherd I am the resurrection of the life I am the way the truth and the life I yeah. am the true vine. Um, and did you say that was seven, Rick? Yeah. <laughs> the number of perfection and, complete, <laughs> and completion. <laughs> so it's amazing how God ties all these little nuggets together to just, you know, give validity to himself, you know, through his word. I love yeah. that too. How can any human man put all that together? You know, it's the spirit of God in all the scripture. Yes. It's amazing. No question. Amazing. And with that, we're just going to, we're just going to start singing to the great I am right now. Shout to the Lord. And so, uh, Danette, I don't know if you can read this, if you don't mind, the best you can. Yes, I'd love to. Wow. (laughs) Shout to the Lord, all the earth, let us sing. Clap your hands, all peoples. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. Psalm 47, 1. Mountains bow down. And the seas will roar at the sound of your name. All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Psalm 66:4. So that at the name of Jesus, 
every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Philippians 2.10 My comfort, my shelter, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91.1 Tower of refuge and strength, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the enemy. Psalm 61, 2. Yeah, I love that. Let's sing right now to the great I am. Shout to the Lord. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord,
nothing compares. That's a bread of life. I want to do one more song, and Gus, if you wouldn't mind doing this, and this is just what's so important because that he's a bread of life because what he did at the cross. Uh, we got you on mute, Gus. <laughs> that was really good, too. First verse is at the cross, I surrender my life, where your love ran red and my sin washed white. I owe all to you, Jesus. In him, we have redemption through the blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. It's mm -hmm. not by works, it's by his grace. That's Ephesians 1 verse 7. The second verse we're highlighting here in this song is a place where mercy reigns ne never dies. Streams of grace flow deep and wide. All the love I've ever found. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's Hebrews 4:16, And we can do that because of the sacrifice blood of Jesus Christ. We can come boldly before the Father's throne. Mm -hmm. And the third verse is where sin and shame are powerless, where my heart has peace with God and forgiveness. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Colossians 2, verse 15. Praise God. Bless his holy name. Bless the word of God. There's a place where mercy reigns and never dies. There's a place where streams of grace flow deep and wide. Where all the love I've ever found comes like a flood, comes flowing down.
Wow. We'll continue to dig into some more scripture here. Um, I keep going back, Rick, just to back up a second uh -huh. where we hit, we went back to Exodus and the I am. Mm -hmm. And essentially every book he's hidden in there. He is the word of God. It was just precarnate before he, he became a man. He had to become a man, become one of us to sacrifice his blood. But he's been there since the beginning. Yeah, we talk about the Christophersies. Uh, Jesus was never created. Some of the cults uh, I'm very familiar with um, teach that Jesus is similar to Satan, right? Or uh, Jesus was created. No, created. Jesus was there at the beginning. Jesus, Father, right. Son, and Holy Ghost, right? And very, very clear throughout Scripture. And uh, so we. If he wasn't there, we wouldn't have known what the Father said, right? Exactly right. So this is this is, is the this word is, of the Father. <laughs> this is the great I am in flesh, right? Is uh, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Verse thirty six starts, but I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. There's the assurance of salvation right there. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life, and, will, and I will raise him up on the last day. And this is what he's talking to Nicodemus about. It's as simple as the, the, the serpent on the pole when everybody was being healed. They looked up. Now they're looking up to the Nothing. sun to be saved. Right? And this comes Amen. on. So the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, it is, not, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I've come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, do not grumble among yourself, just like the people in, in the desert, grumbling, grumbling, grumbling. Here they are again, right? Amen. No yes. one come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me, not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life, saying it again for a second time. For our, your fathers ate man in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread Amen. that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I'm the living bread. And he expands on it. I'm the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Woo! Anything about those two paragraphs, uh, Gus? Oh, bunches, bunches, I'm sure. We'd have to uh, cut it up some here. Um, this to me is the assurance of, of salvation part I just love is that uh, yeah. whoever, this is very important, because some, some people teach that if once you've been saved, you've given your life to Jesus, that you can backslide and actually lose your salvation. 
I don't think that's the case at all. All that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never cast out. That's why I talk about He'll never cast out. Yep. But I think they might, I mean, if, I don't know why they choose to, but they could walk away from him. Yeah, and that's I a, think that'd be blaspheming yeah. the Holy Ghost if you walked away after you came to him, you know, and perhaps. Yeah, and it's a um, theological point that a lot of people go on both sides on. I'm just telling you, I'm on the side of whatever he has in his hand that will never be snatched away. You can't leave. Sorry, you're 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 a you're a son. Uh, but uh, and the thing for folks to realize here, I think, is that if they've ever been drawn to this word, to the Bible, you got to acknowledge that's the Spirit of God that's drawing you to that word when you look at it. And essentially, you, yeah. And what you just said there is forty. Verse 44, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. So so this is, comes to predestination um, and a bunch of uh, theological issues on, on that that people argue. But the whole point is, is that, is that uh, God is wooing, I think, everybody, right? Because it talks about in Peter that he doesn't want anybody to go. And he, and, uh, that, but there's, there is theology, which I, which is also potentially true too, that you can't resist it. Once he, once he says, come, you're going to, you're going to eventually come. Right. So, uh, it's, it's interesting discussion, the whole predestination and everything comes down to what he's kind of talking about here. But go ahead, Gus. Amen. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to think, can you highlight where are we at? What verse? Yeah. So this is, so, so this is these, it's 36 through through 48 and there's a lot here for the there's a bunch if you could start at the top and go down through verse just highlight a verse yeah 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 so so uh let's see so i just talked about this one about casting out the next one is right yeah, here right. it says for i have come down from heaven not to do my own will but to do the will of him who sent me very, amen very clear it's the father right that so right there he says in another place the that my food is to do the will of my father yes uh and, and Jesus is basically, he came and he fulfilled everything that's in the Old Testament that was written about him. Mm -hmm. So it's not Jesus' will, it's what's already been written that's, that came that's forth it. from the Father previously. Yeah. And then we got And he emphasizes that, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that's given to me, but raise it up on the last day. So there's another thing that to me is assurance of salvation, because it says I should lose nothing, <laughs> right? So, um, for and so, I, I believe that people that supposedly backslide never really had true faith. Um, but again, there's different theologies, and I'm not here to to state a theology on things that I don't think are vital. What's vital is you have the right God, the right Jesus, and the right gospel. Right? There's a lot. Amen. Whether it's pre, whether the tribulation, it's pre-tribulation, or mid-tribulation, or post-tribulation. We can discuss it in this beautiful discussions. We should be prepared for pre-tribulation for sure, right? But again, the most important thing is have the right God, the right Jesus, and the right gospel. And that's it. That's what I really try to emphasize in my teachings. But for this is the will of my Father that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. Does not say you could lose it, right? Doesn't say keep it. Says you've, if you've looked at it. And I will raise Him up on the last day. All right? This, there's no qualification. Amen, like you. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Like you had said, that's a reference to uh, the Old Testament where they had all grumbled yeah. and sinned and he sent snakes into the camp and they were all bit, which essentially before we come to Christ, we're all bit by the snake. We're living <laughs> in the world. I like that. That's a good point. Uh, and then 
he made the serpent on the pole, which Jesus, in a sense, became the serpent because he took on all the sin of the world. He took he took it into himself. Mm-hmm. So anybody that looks upon him, that's that's what I see that reference, like you did there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you raise him up on the last day. Yeah, they said. And two, I think once you believe, once you truly believe in Jesus, there's really no going back. Yeah. You might stumble, but you're not going to go back. You know, you're gonna. You just know he's real. He's 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 God. And this son the, of God. The whole statement is a prophet's not known his whole town. Right? Is right here. Is this not Jesus, mm-hmm. the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How did, how can he say I'm the I'm I've come down from heaven, right? And so here's here's the grumbling, and that is mm-hmm. when Jesus literally said, "Quit grumbling." <laughs> And then this whole this whole other part is is Jesus is teaching about his flesh, about what the bread of life really is, and um, and again we talked about this the wooing of the Father is written by in the prophets mm-hmm. and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father, uh, and now we've seen now they've seen glimpses of him or when when Moses saw him coming in between the. The, the 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 animals is kind of the covenant so the covenant yeah saw so his backside but uh anyway jesus has seen him because jesus is with the father in the beginning right um this and this is basically 47 gets into yeah and he also good go ahead I was going to say, it also says in another place in John, I believe, that uh, you have no need that any man teach you that the Holy Spirit, Spirit of, Holy Spirit, Spirit of Jesus and the Father. Right. So even when we're teaching, it's like the Word of God. We're teaching on the Word of God. It's not our words. Um, and we're just the vessel that he's flowing through. It's important we acknowledge that a lot of charismatics and that they... Uh, you know, you got to constantly push down pride and know that you're just a vessel. Yes. He's the potter, we're the clay. Yeah. And I'm going to skip down here because all this kind of goes uh, together. Just kind of, And so the Jews then disputed among themselves saying, how can this man give us flesh to eat? Again, thinking physical when, when he was talking spiritually. This whole text has been that where they missed that part. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks on my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father. So whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Jesus said these things in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Anything there, Gus, that jumps out at you? Uh, all kinds. If you think about it, we're made in his image. So... You can take our breath away or you can stop our blood. They're both kind of it's our life. Mm-hmm. The life of the flesh is in the blood. That's Leviticus 17, 11. Uh, and that's what he's referring to in the communion. The cup that we drink is his blood, his spirit. We drink in his spirit. So we eat his word. 
into our soul and we drink his spirit into our soul and we have everlasting life. I don't know if it's here soon or another spot where um, Peter said to him, he basically said, well, if you got trouble that go, go your own way. Or I can't remember. I'm paraphrasing there. But Peter said, where can we go? Yeah. You yeah, have the is. word life. Is that yeah. coming up? It is. It is. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So let's, let's, let's just get there because this is now okay. summarizing the words of eternal life. Right. Um, so will you want to read these next next paragraphs? Sure. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? <laughs> you know, eat my flesh, drink my blood. <laughs> but Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, so notice I pick up on little things like that. Jesus knowing in himself, he didn't hear them. He just, he knows our thoughts. He knows everything's that's happening. He knew it in himself. Uh, he said, do you take offense at this? Then what if I were to, what if you were to see the son of man ascending to where he was before? See, that's a, pl a seed he's planting about when he ascends later on. They're going to sit and come back to where he planted seeds. That's what he was talking about there. Yeah. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. But there are some of you who do not believe. And it's imperative that we believe. For, for Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. And he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted, granted him by the Father. Mm -hmm. I think this is the last part of it. So why don't we go ahead and the next okay, four verses. Let's go ahead and... Uh, verse 66, after this, many of the disciples turned back and no longer walked with him, sadly. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? This is what I was referring to. Uh, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of life. And we have believed and have, to, and have come to know that you are the Holy One. Jesus answered them and said, Did I not choose you twelve? And yet there is one of you is a devil. He's referring to Judas. He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he was one of the twelve who was going to betray him. Wow. Of course, Jesus knew that ahead of time as well. Yeah. And of course, that had to happen because it was written. So how would you like to be Judas Iscariot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you dance that around in your head a little bit you think well did he have a choice or did he have to do that because god wrote it because god's true you know what i mean <laughs> yeah or is it just his foreknowledge if he's already seen he's already seen it from that he already, the yeah. end, right yeah so yeah, yeah. the and, and the words of eternal life is the way this ends here and again many and it, it's interesting that some of these people left right um, so, but mm -hmm. Jesus knowing, and so this is a hard saying, who can't listen to them? And so many, after this, many disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And so you can see that this, there's a, it's very important when Jesus is teaching and people are taking everything literal, almost, right? And he's trying to teach a spiritual truth and they're coming back to the literal. Just like when he was in John 3, which we studied, 
where Nicodemus goes, how can a man be born again, right, into his mother's womb, right? He's thinking from a perspective of the literal. When Jesus is often speaking about the spiritual and, and put, using physical examples. So when we read the Bible, it's really important to really see where Jesus, Jesus is coming from and all this. And uh, they got offended. Yeah. He even said, do you take offense at this, right? Any thoughts on that, Gus, is that their offense that they took? Well, there's another scripture. He said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And a lot of people get offended by the word, mm -hmm. especially if you're walking in darkness, you mm -hmm. might get offended. But uh, I think of the other scriptures that say that the carnal man knows not the things of God because these things are spiritually discerned. And uh, that's that's the test where they're they're interpreting like you said they're interpreting these words carnally they're not seeing the spiritual and the only way you can see the spiritual is to receive revelation from the holy spirit so anybody out there that can understand this that his word is the flesh and his blood is the spirit and it's 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 sort of a it's tying to the communion that we take symbolically all these things you 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 learn these things from him he gives he grants it to you it's like a blessing when you realize he's given you a revelation on on any scripture like that and it just takes time spending with him well first off believing in him truly believing not just to say yeah i believe as a dude named jesus lived two thousand years ago you got to believe the word of god in your heart in your heart in your heart yes not in your head and that's what i wanted to really kind of and this part before we go to a couple more songs and then go to Q&A is to make sure that anybody that's listening out there that has not given their life to Christ, it's really important because he is the true vine as we talked about, right? And this is vital, John 14, 6, when he literally says, Jesus said, and this is in red letters, this is Jesus talking, right? He says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only way to G the only way to heaven Remember, for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, that's what Romans 3.20 says, is that we all are not going to go to heaven because we're not perfect. We're all sinful, right? And so the only way we're going to get to heaven is through Jesus. It's a, it's a, it's a, any other God, and again, that's why all the other religions are false. They teach yes. works that you have to work your way to heaven. Well, well it's clear we can't do it. So this is 100% Jesus and 0% us. And so who are you gonna trust? Are you gonna trust all these false teachings or these uh, pagan gods that are you know, holding up the world with their hand or whatever, whatever it is? Are you gonna trust this God in flesh, this one who said, um, I am who I am. And then Jesus comes, is giving these I am statements. I am the true vine. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. You need a good shepherd. You need to accept Jesus as your savior. I am the door of the sheep. And again, this is a real important passage too that uh, people try to get to heaven in all kinds of different ways, but there's only one way. He's the door. It says, all who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anything enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that may have life and have it abundantly. You want an abundant life? You want to be saved and be living in pastures? Uh, it is vital 
that you move and accept Jesus as your personal Savior. As Gus said, not just believing it, but believing it in your heart that He is your Savior. I'm the light of the world, and as we've been talking about here this whole time, He is the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Come to Him now. So I'm going to just ask you to say a prayer after me to understand how important it is to come to Him, especially in a time when we see such great evil versus good going on right now, this huge battle. Well, God's coming down in His judgment. So time is short. He's asking people to make a decision right now. You need to make a decision for Christ. And uh, I'm just going to just lead through a quick prayer to ask each of you to um, recommit yourself to Christ if you haven't done that enough, because that's going to be a big part of this as well. Get rid of religious or authoritarianism, even if you accepted Christ, and move into understanding the Holy Spirit and how He wants to use you, and or accepting Christ for the first time. You need this bread of life. You need this resurrection power. You need this the correct door. Go through the correct door. So just pray this simple prayer after me. Um, Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for my sins. I repent of my sins. I know I'm sinful and cannot make it to heaven without a savior. And thank you, Lord, for sending Jesus to die on the cross for me as the bread of life. Uh, and Lord, I, I want to have this eternal bread, this eternal, uh, so I will not hunger or thirst as I have eternal life. How beautiful is that, Lord? And as you say in mm. Romans 10, 9, that if I confess with my mouth, and I'm doing that right now, I confess with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. And I believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead. You tell me if I do that, I will be saved. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Allow me to know how to live for you going forward. I say these things in Jesus' name. And for those of you who accepted Jesus and haven't committed fully to him, maybe caught in some religious or, or, or some type of legalism, Pull out of that and let God use you right now. Say, Lord, I confess that I've been not allowing you to use me the way I want you to use me. I want to fully commit to you today as clay. You are the potter. Make me the workman of your hand. Use me in this great harvest. Use me in this great awakening. I love you, Lord, and want to submit to you. Make my path straight. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Um, with that, I don't want to get the last word from Gus before we move to a couple more songs. But, but Gus, anything else on your heart? That was that was really good, Rick. And I just as you were praying, I was thinking that scripture, John ten ten, where he said he he came that we might have life and life more abundantly. One of the biggest lies from the enemy is that being a Christian is not fun, mm -hmm. and it's nothing further from the truth and once you get into the word none of the works of the flesh that's what we're covering on wednesday nights by the way the works of the flesh and the fruits of the spirit you look at the fruits of the spirit love joy peace gentleness goodness meekness faith and and self-control you look at those versus the works of the flesh and the works of the flesh is no good when it's flowing out of us we're not feeling good we're not at peace we don't have joy. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible feeling. That's what Christ wants to give us, the fruits of the Spirit, so that we can fulfill on earth 
as it is in heaven. You know, it's like we're building, we're we're joining heaven with earth here in our in our family here. But it's definitely once trust me, once you get into the word and he gives you a few revelations, you'll get hungry and hungry and you want to keep looking. Amen. The pleasure. Yeah. Amen. I love it. Again, that he's referring to John 10 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So come to him. If you've said that prayer, by the way, go ahead and you can email info at blessedteach.com. We'll send you a Bible. Info at blessedteach.com. Um, with that, let's get into another praise song. Um, beautiful. We've been at the cross before. This is. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't know, Ned, if you wouldn't mind doing this one. You want me to read? Yeah, if you don't mind. That'd okay. Be good. Yes, of course. I love to always. This is Blessed um, be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting. The name of the Lord is to be praised, Psalm 113, 2 to 3. When I found in the desert place, though I walk through the wilderness, blessed be your name, but rejoice that you share in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed at the revelation of his glory. 1 Peter 4.13 You give and take away. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Mm -hmm. Job Job 121a to 22. When the darkness closes in, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Psalm 23 4. Awesome. Let's worship right now. Blessed be the name of our Lord. Blessed be your name in the land that is plentiful, where your streams of abundance flow. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place.
I did not. Must be your name. <laughs> <laughs> I did not realize we already burnt through the full hour and a half uh, uh, because we wanted to get through John six. It's a long chapter, but beautiful chapter, where Jesus is really does a phenomenal Man. teaching on being the bread of life. Um, but I did want to just open up for just maybe a few questions. If anybody had any questions um, on Facebook or Rumble, Looks like Rumble's still acting up on us, but. Uh, or anybody backstage has a question uh, or any insight of what the, this scripture might mean to you, the whole bread of life in chapter 6 of John. Uh, does anybody have any thoughts or questions? Uh, hit us right now before we wrap up. I don't know, Gus, if anything hit you after you sang that song. This song here that we just sang? No, yeah, yeah. I just said, yeah, I just didn't know if anything else happened in the next. Uh, any other thoughts you want to give to this scripture or anybody else? Well, has any questions? the one I always drop on that. Of course, it was nice tie into uh, John ten ten there, uh, mm -hmm. but, uh, on abundant living or whatever. But yeah, um, I saw that. <laughs> blessed, blessed be your name. My heart always goes back to Revelation. Was it nineteen thirteen? He's clothed in the vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. So you could sing, Blessed be the Word of the Lord, you know, because mm. it's all his name. It's all describing who God is, what he is. So it's like singing about the Word, the words of life, the bread of life. Mm -hmm. Just my thoughts. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Also, Rick, uh, the Word is the two edged sword. Amen. So that's, another, that's another one, Gus, that we could we could put in there. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, what well, you might pull that one up. Uh, the Word of God is quick and quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. That that too, and I was thinking Ephesians six on the armor of God. Also, but it's, uh, I'm not sure mm -hmm. it's a two-edged sword, but that's what we take up. We take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen. It's our weapon. It's one of the weapons of our warfare. You want to read this, Gus? Yes. John 4, 12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit and joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. So just like when Jesus was here on earth, he didn't have to hear them say anything. He would read their thoughts. He'd read their minds. The word of God knows what we're thinking. And he knows the intentions of our heart. And this is, speaks of Jesus, the word of God that became flesh. Mm -hmm. Sharper than any two-edged sword. You think your mouth is like a weapon. Think of, I mean, your words can cut. If you got a dull instrument, you're going to maim somebody. You're really going to hurt them bad if you get a dull attacking with a dull you know I'm, I'm speaking metaphorically here if you're speaking ugly words bad words dark words but if you speak the word of god over someone uh, you can p perform pinpoint accuracy surgery on them and just it heal right behind those words you know you can cast demons out of people you can pull down strongholds out of people so long as you put the word of God in there. So that's why I see the joints and marrow physically and then the soul and spirit spiritually. So it can heal 
and uh, physically and it can heal spiritually you know if you have strongholds or whatever the word of god uh, you need to cast out the strongholds the thoughts or whatever you get planted in your heart that's not of god and then plant the word of god in there and then you'll live with love joy peace gentleness goodness meekness faith self-control doesn't everybody want to live that way i mean i don't know what the argument is amen know? amen and this is he- hebrews 4 12 by the way this is a very important verse because we talk about the the sword of the spirit that, that uh lois was talking about in ephesians uh, 6 10 through 20 you'll see the whole uh, the whole the whole um sword of the spirit and it's 13 through 17 it really gets into the the six or seven um, and what we have is for, for the Word of God. Again, that is a sword of the Spirit. And it's a double-edged mm-hmm. sword. It cuts both ways, right? Uh, Lois had a word that talked mm-hmm. about that. You know, when it comes, it, it's, it has, it, it's, it's, and they can't escape because it's double-edged, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Sorrel. <laughs> Sharper than any Gillette razor, that's for sure. Yeah. And it occurs to me, it occurs to me, I think Julie Green says this and Amanda Grace also says it, that Whenever it's repeated, it has more emphasis. And we see that statement made in many books of the Bible about the two-edged sword, the power of the word, the word is the sword, the word is my word, I am the word, Jesus Jesus is the word. So it must have been very important because it's brought up and mentioned so many times. Amen. Well, the word of God created everything, seen and unseen nothing that's created was not created without the word of god and that's the word that we speak you can pray a nice prayer over someone and wish them well that's one thing but when you speak the word of god over someone and believe it demons flee they've got to obey the word of god so it's more powerful when you pray the word of god over somebody i love it I love it. Uh, there was a question. There was a question backstage, Gus. Uh, um, I, I, people aren't going to like my answer, but uh, it says, "Do God? Do, do animals have a soul?" I don't know if you have thoughts on that. Do animals have a soul? Um, I can go, you know, I can go if I ever thought of that deep, it. I know the animals go to heaven because there's horses up there, and there's. Uh, different i can't imagine the garden of eden there was there was animals in the garden of eden i think right yeah there was a serpent (laughs) and that's my answer is that there will be animals in heaven but uh but uh, i do not believe animals have a soul from the perspective of the eternal life right i know that's probably not a popular answer our cease bro would argue with that uh, as one one theologian again these are not vital issues our most important thing is that we need to make sure that we um, have the right God, the right Jesus, and the right gospel, right? And uh, I think we will see some of our favorite pets up in heaven. Um, but again, there's a reason why um, uh, the humans are, are, are very special and we have so many laws against, uh, against uh, killing humans um, and why Satan wants to use children and all the evil stuff they do because the, he's, he's trying to become like God, right? So, uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, good question, Linda. I think a lot of people think through that. I have three dogs and cats, so I think you'll be blessed with many dogs and cats, Linda, when you get in heaven, as she said. 
That's what. But saying. what would be the reason for the question? I guess I'd say. Yeah. Is the real question: Do do animals, or dogs, or pets go to heaven, or is it do they have a soul? Yeah. And I do not think they have a, an actual soul the, the way that we do, because um, we are made in the image of God, and we are, and that's He made us going forward eternal, right? Now He was eternal in the beginning as well, because He's always existed, which is kind of an, an interesting conversation. But but uh, I know hey, we've run out of time, guys. But we really appreciate you so much. Um, I wanted to let you know that you could be backstage here in Zoom asking questions live, etc. going forward. Um, uh, we'll do this on every Friday night. We also do this on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So our next Word and Worship will be Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Love to have you there. Love to have you backstage. Again, that's free now. Just go to blessedteach.com. Go to the backstage tab. I think you'll really enjoy that. Um, we, I really enjoy teaching with Gus, uh, who has such a deep knowledge of Scripture. And it's so fun to see so many awesome people back here worshiping. Um, and we'd love to have more, though. Um, sometimes we have three screens across on this, and uh, it's beautiful on, like, Thursday night when it seems one of the most popular night. But uh, love you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody said, uh, Rockin' Grammy on Rumble says, Julie's Prophet said, God is warning us to watch our words. Our words are going to become even more powerful, I believe, in this great harvest, right, this great awakening. This uh, great exodus, I guess, would probably be the next step. Um, so, uh, your words are life and death. Maybe that's the last scripture yeah. I'll, I'll look up real quick. Uh, it's one of my memory verses now. So, uh, death and life are in the power and of the tongue. A, yeah, go ahead. Amen. Yeah. I was going to say it's a scheme of the fowler, as the Bible says, or it's a trick of the Satan. He tries to. Uh, trigger our emotions and whatnot in certain situations and that and what he's really after is to get us to speak or curse ourselves you know we walk around and say ah i'm really hurting well then you're really going to be hurting <laughs> yeah There's a uh, lot of power i wake up every that. day yeah. with my back and 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 say lord by your stripes i am healed because mm -hmm. i know i am somewhere in time mm -hmm. it's coming it's going to happen but i don't I don't like to mully grub about it. It'll it'll also pull down your frequency, your your spirits. You know, if you speak negative, and that's his game. He wants to get you to speak negative over yourself and over others, which is kind of hard at times. And and I guess what was on my heart was a, what, if you were going to ask me for a little wrap up. What, yeah, what I, go ahead. What was on my heart was going back to the abundant life and talking about how Satan, one of the biggest tricks he ever pulled on anybody was. To, and, and a lot of so-called Christians out there, people trying to be Christians, uh, they help them out a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of judgmental Christians out there uh, thinking that they're doing good, just like the people that nailed Jesus to the cross out there working for God, maybe, you know, it's, they're twisted, you know, it's a spiritual battle. But um, walking with the Lord is not, you, you don't come perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, he's not expecting you to come perfect. He's expecting you to believe in him. Once you believe in him and start eating the bread of life, it's like you grow from glory to glory. You're going to have times in your life where you're going to mess up. You're going to be foolish. You're going to say things you shouldn't have said. 
but we have an advocate with the Father, the man Christ Jesus, who we could say, because the Holy Spirit, when you know the Holy Spirit's in you is when you feel bad after you say something wrong or do something <laughs> wrong. And all he wants us to do is to come to him first and ask him, say, Lord, forgive me. Help me not to do that anymore. Help me be filled with your fruits of the Spirit. And he will help you. And then go to the person that you might have offended. Because he tells us before we come to him to praise and worship, before we come to the altar, he says, if you got an ought with a brother or sister, go straighten it out with them first and then come to me. But it's, it's an easy walk. It's an easy walk and I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want to improve their life and get to where they have that love and peace and joy where they're not triggered over every little thing you know it's it's, a, it's an abundant life I'll shut up with that <laughs> that's awesome no I love it I love it but if everybody uh, backstage wouldn't mind just unmuting and saying goodbye um, love it next Bye, Bye, next Friday bye y'all Mm -hmm. Blessings for the weekend. All right, I think oh, we're Kevin from Australia. Wow, we got Australia and Sweden in the house and Canada. Hi, mate. There's Di from UK. This is an international backstage. We want you all back here. Go to blessedteach.com. Yeah. Bless with the number two teach.com. Hit the backstage tab. We love y'all. Gloria, Canada. Is Vicky here tonight? Vicky from uh, she was on this morning, but not tonight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is she in Japan? Yeah. So we got, we got Japan. We got uh, Australia. Oh, Vicky is back here. We got we got Canada. I don't know if she's back uh, here. Okay. Or not. Uh, awesome. um, yeah. We got England or London. Yeah. England. Yeah. Australia. Right, with, with Kevin. Yeah. So <laughs> Sweden. We got a net. We got a, a, a. We got them from all over. All right. All right. Join. Love it. Join us. We love you guys so much. And with that, we're going to say goodbye and see you Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And then also Monday at 5 p.m. God bless you guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you. When do we get